everybody for coming and joining us today. Special thank you to Dr. Anjali Agarwal for joining us and being so gracious to share her wisdom and her breadth of knowledge. I would love to introduce you, Doctor, in a moment. I would also like to thank our guest speakers, Caroline and Katie, for joining. Everyone that you hear will either be a POTS or EDS sufferer or both or have other chronic conditions and would like to ask questions. We will keep this group to an hour, so please be mindful of time. If you would like to join us on stage, please press the hands up button, and then we will allow you to ask your questions to Dr. Anderwall as we go on. And also just a reminder that this group today will be recorded, so you will be able to listen in and share. If you would like to let anybody join the room or think that anybody would benefit from this conversation as well, you can also press the little plus button at the bottom of the screen and invite those people to join as well. So with that, we will begin. Uh, doctor, would you like to share anything? And I would love to introduce you. Right. Go ahead, Masha. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much, Dr. Agarwal Singh. I would love to welcome our physio expert. Dr. Anjali Agarwal is trained in the UK and India practicing as a consultant, physiotherapist, and lifestyle consultant. So Anjali currently provides telehealth rehabilitation for people living with long COVID and also separately delivers virtual pulmonary rehabilitation programs. Anjali also practices in musculoskeletal and pelvic health physiotherapy. And she is a brand ambassador for physical literacy for Badminton Academy in India. She represents Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS, Society UK in India and treats people living with EDS, hypermobility, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which we know as POTS, and mast cell activation syndrome, MCAS. She is an advocate for women's health and promotes postpartum care and pelvic physiotherapy for prenatal and postpartum mothers in India. So grateful for what you're doing for us today. And doctor, I will let you take over and guide us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Masha, and thank you, Pots Wellness, for having invited me for a beautiful session on sports, exercise, fitness, and diet. Uh, thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, everyone present in the Zoom. I'll be open to uh, you know to take questions from you at the end of my session. I will keep it quite interesting and quite interactive as usual. So, as we know, postural, we know that as Katie has mentioned that. When she's lying down in bed and when she gets up off the bed, the heart rate is just fluctuating. This is a common symptom which many of the people are actually present with. So we have to understand what happens in actually a situation called pauses. Your blood flow to your heart and your brain from your veins and your arteries through the leg, which is gravity dependent to an anti-gravity level, is affected because of the uh, autonomic nervous system totally going bizarre and post-COVID and long COVID we are seeing many of the people getting dysautonomia or BOTS and many of them are not able to correlate that why is it happening to them post-COVID they are not understanding that this is something called as partial orthodontic hypertension so generally we start people to always keep the blood pressure control uh, to be monitored like how they sit, how they lie when they stand up or when they exercise, what is their level of the heart rate, what is their level of blood pressure, and how do they feel?
people when they eat or drink a certain amount of food now for pot as ideal a lot of uh, situation for ellis jenner syndrome it's coming from the connective tissue disorder so the connective tissue is not able to push the blood or pump the blood against the gravity to the heart because the blood just pools in the neck thereby they don't get the level of the blood flow to their brain or for any part of the muscles of the body or to any organ of the body so many of them they suffer from something called as tachycardia or brain fog and at that time they feel that the heart really has to really work hard to pump the blood to other parts of the organ so this is the basic physiology of how pot happens and what it does to your body so if you understand what pot does to your body you will know exactly what you shouldn't be doing and what you can do to help this condition now coming forward to exercise many of you will say if i go walking in the sunlight or the sun is shining bright and i walk i feel giddy because anything which would cause vasodilation of your blood vessels what is vasodilation your arteries or your veins will dilate or and thereby the blood flow to the heart gets affected and the blood will again jump back to the leg again the heart will start to raise up to pump up the blood towards the heart and to provide the blood to the various organs so pumping action or the racing heart is a mechanism for your body to save you to save your organs it's a protective mechanism of the body or the heart what happens as a result of it is you start to feel really really weak and very very much not in control of the situation and we many of the pod patients i usually give them all exercises which involve semi recline not standing up everything is either semi recline which is half lying down or in sitting posture while sitting in posture you're not letting the blood just pool down to the legs as effect of the gravity effect okay this is the safest mechanism for anybody with pot to exercise and anybody with long covid too have to understand that don't overdo things just because anybody or everybody is telling you to come on come out of the house you got to walk got to walk because now you understand what pot does to your body or what the physiology of pot is for your blood vessels for your arteries and how the tachycardia is happening you will now want to do exercises in sitting because by doing the exercise in sitting you will be able to be functional you will be able to achieve your goals and targets which you will not be able to achieve if you are standing and wanting to do a walk or want to go to the gym and wants to do a treadmill or wants to do uh, you know like any kind of sport which involves a lot of standing or even for matter high intensity workouts I will not recommend that again because your heart rate will again go up above your normal heart rate which you already have is high or is already tachycardia in nature. So you got to understand simple sports where there's less of temperature dysregulation. So I went to a gym which is AC controlled but I sweated myself out. I became dehydrated. That will again affect my pulse. Okay, my electrolytes. and everything is gone off the roof so i would need a you know a fill in of bottle of water with salt what i say salt therapy or i usually tell people is not to just have free water what do you mean by free water just i have a plain water i would not want i would want your water to be added with salt 
because it will drive out all the sodium out of your kidneys and bodies and thereby if you don't have anything to hold on to your water and your blood pressure falling off because of the cough you tend to actually go into a total low blood pressure syndrome and which is again a very risky thing for our heart and for our overall body and not able to feel better so when you know that you can exercise in sitting you can start doing many many exercises like a simple uh, sitting cycle you know nothing major just get a uh, sitting cycle or just you can move your legs in a seated cycle manner something which i also talk about is when you are doing the exercise wear something called as compression stocking which i tell to most of the patients who are not post covid spot but normally suffer from psoriasis have a compression stocking on your calf on your stomach and try to build up the core exercise but many of the women especially post 40 which i see with spots are also because of lack of elastin in their artery walls or because of loss of collagen in the body so add in a diet which can be more collagen rich in nature if you are living by the seaside grab your fishes in nature which are in the sea you know the sea fishes salmon and all but you also have to look at the anti inflammatory content of it if you have post covid people will elderners or normal pots can go for sea fishes or something called as mackerel or salmon and all which is very good but if you are a vegetarian a very rich antioxidant diet will help your natural collagen in the body to reduce by your own body cells so in either which case whether it's long covid whether spot because of elderner syndrome you have to understand the it is a virus or there's a connective tissue mutating gene which caused your uh, body to go into an autonomic shutdown what is an autonomic shutdown your body has a parasympathetic system which helps to calm us down and a sympathetic system which helps to fight the viruses the enemy and if the storm is coming we start to run and close the windows of the house because as the sympathetic system coming into play but when we listen to a good music when we have a wholesome beautiful candlelight dinner our parasympathetic system comes activated so when we get good night sleep our parasympathetic system lets us sleep but when we don't get sleep our sympathetic system is active okay so pots people who suffer from pots have a you know total difference of sympathetic and parasympathetic they they become enemy of each other they are not working in sync so uh, for ehlers danlos syndrome people connective tissue disorder something happening to the connective tissue which causes the autonomic system to shut down from the very beginning now post covid the viralness causes the same problem so you got to understand that you need to pamper your parasympathetic system a lot what do you do by by means of that i would say in the terms of exercise and fitness do involve a lot of meditation which could be seated meditation but not trying to uh, you know do it in a hot sunlight kind of situation don't go out and spend you know 20 hours or like people have been sun bathing in the sea beaches 
it is good for your vitamin d but not good for people with pot especially so do it in a very cozy calm room meditate because when you med- meditate you get your autonomic system to work fine and when the autonomic system starts to work fine for people with post covid you automatically will see your symptoms will try to come down so as of now um, i'm doing a lot of virtual consults all over the world a lot of my patients who have been suffering with long covid so within 10 days of my therapeutic exercises many of them have totally given off the medicine which the doctors have given them and they've come out beautifully and they've been able to manage their pot very well similarly for ls tenon syndrome we do a lot of exercises online and it is really helping them beat the situation and deal with their life in a more productive and a healthier way so i would say there's always the light at the end of the tunnel don't lose hope and there is an answer for what kind of food you should eat especially the kind of diet you should eat is anti-inflammatory very well said caroline and katie i would love to hear what you all are eating because every region has an anti-inflammatory diet of their own i come from india so i usually tell all my patients to add turmeric to add sea salt which is a pink himalayan salt in your diet a lot which will help with pots and also add a lot of antioxidants in your diet and as i said avoid the plain water but have what read drink to the 1011 water uh, water which is more like you drop in a drop of curd in the water make it like a you know what we call as the milk smoothie or a yogurt smoothie have it so all these things get your levels of water up keep your mind calm and away from direct sunlight meditate 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 and exercise in sitting try to exercise your core muscles at least twice or thrice in a week so because the core muscles are the driving force they are the ones which will activate your venous venous flow to your heart by doing it you will feel that your symptoms of course have come down so i've given a generalized advice as to exercise but just diet but there is a very exclusive program which i follow for course for people who can always see me online for their virtual consults and it's one to one i see your blood pressure i check how your heart is racing accordingly i devise a exercise program which is done all in sitting and it has helped a lot many people all around the world so over to masha please let me know what questions people have in the room thank you so much doctor for this incredible and valuable information uh so many new things for me as well to hear so very excited about it i would love to open the stage i will open it to our speakers uh first so caroline katie if you have anything that you'd like to add or share i think it would be great to kind of delve into what kind of maybe some of the diets that we have been trying to incorporate into our lives and as uh, a reminder again every person is unique so again anything that you hear uh in this room should be run by nutritionist your personal nutritionist or physician but definitely uh take note of that and again this room is recorded again uh just date and with that i will give you guys the stage Thanks Masha. Uh thank you Dr. Arnold. I'm so excited for this conversation. You know, I I'm, I'm interested in um maybe first tackling a little bit more on diet. You know, for me, I actually have been using a ton of turmeric as well as 
cumin, garam masala, a lot, a lot of Indian spices, um, getting recipes from my friends. But also things like ginger and garlic. I've been making juices as well as smoothies and, and really just trying to up my intake of vegetables, uh, especially the leafy greens, and removed processed food, sugar for the most part, alcohol, a lot of uh, dairy as well. So it, it, it's been a couple weeks since I went relatively strict on that i've been introducing beans it's it's been going really well i've I've had more energy than i've had in months but if you have any sort of more tips of you know turmeric obviously is a big one as you mentioned but any more tips for diet that are particularly effective for you know people with pots and eds i would that would be fantastic yeah Carolyn, try to add in a more amount of good protein and good fat, which you get from the nuts and the seeds, and try to get your food more steamed in nature or just stir-fried in nature. What I want to advise people is the moment you try to deep fry a certain amount of food in any kind of a cooking vessel, you increase the level of inflammation caused by that food which you so keep your food, uh, not just raw salad, I would say, because your gut cannot digest. Sometimes it takes a lot of energy for patients with pots to digest a food. Because then all the blood will pool into your intestine and start to feel a lot of giddiness post your lunch or your dinner. So I always advise keep your meals very simple. Eat out of a small bowl, right? Rather than having a big a plethora of things to eat, you know, like not have a buffet of things, but have a small meal, but just a meal which is good in nutrition. So I always advocate in one small bowl of meal which you eat, add your good proteins, add your good fats, add your antioxidants, coming from plenty of vegetable sources, and try to cut down on any forms of meats which are deep fried. You can go for baked, grilled, and add in stop adding any artificial sauces or anything which is coming out from the shelf you know something which you can make at home suppose if you're eating a pasta right and don't add in a lot of tomatoes at one go because again it's to wait too much tomatoes is will cause mast cell activation so mast cell is something which i really talk about elder dinners and pots a lot and similarly with long covid kt uh, the mast cells are coming into activation a lot, which I see in a lot of my patients. So I would say in similar terms, Ella Turner's pots and long covid pots, cut down on food which are the nightshade vegetables, cut down on food which are deep fried in nature, cut down on food which are more processed. So you are adding in ginger, you can add in turmeric, ginger, garlic, and add in a lot of your green leafy vegetables, add in a lot of antioxidant-rich fruits and vegetables. So cut down on avocado. I'm seeing a lot of people having to think that avocado is a high-fat, good uh, source of cholesterol, good cholesterol, but avocado is also inflammatory in nature if people suffer from MCAS. So MCAS, pot, and diet, I would say, cut down on the alcohol, especially your wine also inflammatory in nature so as i'm giving you the advice this is the 
wholesome advice which we give to everybody who suffers from MCAS along with pause. It's a generalized advice we give to them. For long COVID also have seen that if you're giving the certain advice in similar form, it's helped them a lot. So what I talk about is go for an antihistaminic diet. You know, what long COVID is doing is causing a cytokine storm, a mini, mini cytokine storm in your body. And thereby it's caused by the mast cells, which is there everywhere in your body. It's in your gut, it's in your heart, it's in your lungs, it's in your arteries. What you need to do is calm down the system. And how do you calm down by system? Have a very plain nutritive diet. So don't have to do experimental cooking. Not too much of oil, a lot of baked, a lot of sauteed, a lot of uh, boiled food is definitely your best friend. And cut down things like, you know, tomatoes, aubergines, these all nice shade vegetables. Cut down on red meat, which is like, you know, like mutton, which is difficult to digest. Pork, which is difficult to digest. Eat a vegetarian wholesome diet because your gut will digest it well. At the same time, with pause, your blood flow will not just concentrate in serving the intestine. Then your brain is getting the blood supply, your heart is getting the blood supply, and then your heart will not start to race. Always understand that in the night, keep your meals smaller than you keep your meals in the day. If you keep your meals very, uh, like, big, and, you know, like a big chunk of meat you're eating in the night, your stomach can't digest, and the blood flow to the gut will be more. And then all your organs want blood flow and the heart will start to pump hard and then the tachycardia and the plethora of things start to happen. So you just have to understand, eat simple, eat wholesome, but cut down on the inflammatory markers of all the food. See what you're cooking, how you're cooking, how much salt you're adding in the food, how much oil you're adding in the food. Because everything which you eat, it has value, has nutrition. Uh, as far as juicing is concerned, go for juicing, maybe a carrot and an apple. Very beautiful uh, inflammatory, uh, anti-inflammatory juice, I would say. Uh, if not anything, just have a sorted vegetable. You know, like anything can be broccoli, lots of broccoli, lettuce, or your, uh, you know, pumpkin. These are all very good in vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin B12. They all will fill you with a lot of nutrition, which will help you uh, heal your, you know, and prevent you from the mast cell activation. And that's actually I'm done. Amazing! So, so many uh, fantastic tips in there. I really appreciate it. That was extremely informative for me. Thank you. Caroline, you can get in touch with me also offline and then you can see how your diet is doing with whatever I've suggested. Great, absolutely. Right. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much again, Doctor. I, I would just like to preface that we will start taking questions soon from the audience. So uh, the speakers today will just offer their last questions and then we'll open it up to the audience. Feel free to raise your hands if you would like to come on stage and ask a question. Again, this room is recorded. If you'd like to remain anonymous, you can also feel free to send me questions via back channel, and I will bring them to Dr. Engelwald. So thank you so much. And Katie, if you'd like to share. Thank you. 
Hi, it's Katie speaking. Um, thank you so much, Doctor, for that summary. And as you said, you know, it's interesting that anti-inflammatory diets, quote-unquote, um, vary from place to place and, you know, different things. Yeah, one of the things that, in particular, that you mentioned, avocado, I've definitely had a lot of conflicting ideas about whether to include that or not. I personally have cut out gluten and that's helped a lot. And I don't really ever eat red meat or anything and generally eat vegetables, so it's not that different for me. So yes, I love the diet conversation. Um, as I said, I'm just in a bit of a different situation with the stomach ulcers, so we don't need to go into that because that um, makes me a little bit of an outlier. But I would, I'm just also really interested when you mentioned exercises with, do you recommend exercises with compression socks on? And also, if you wouldn't mind, just also for those in the audience, is there a particular strength or type of compression socks? I get asked this a lot, and I know many others ask it, you know, whether it's okay just to be up to, you know, below the knees, or if it should be up to your waist or above the knees or anything like that. It'd be great to have a little bit of insight on that as well. So thank you. It's Katie. I'm finished. Right, Katie. So I would say it should be above your knees, reaching till your uh, upper thighs, because that's where your, uh, you know, the veins would drain your blood into, and from there it can take on from there. And you can have a compression, uh, you know, clothing on your uh, waist also, which can you get t-shirts, uh, you get uh, compression stockings for your legs. Everything is so much there uh, over the net. You can order them online also. And uh, there are special compression stockings, especially coming uh, for a lot of patients. Uh, I see they keep buying it from uh, various medical websites too. And depends which part of the world uh, you can buy it from and if they are uh, there on, uh, available online. And with respect to exercise, I would say you should wear them and do it. Then the effect is much better and you don't tend to get exhausted faster. Your blood pooling is good and your venous drainage is good. So overall, also always remember something which is, you know, like expanded cannot pump the blood to your heart and thereby your heart has to raise to pump the blood back to the organs. So your body plate tissues itself are attacking or misbehaving. So you just got to adjust and keep moving forward. I mean, like never give up on exercise. You can exercise wearing the stocking and instead. Right, Marsha, we can take some questions from the audience now. Okay, great. Um, I would like to I would like to just ask a quick question before I open it up to the audience. And again, audience, feel free to raise your hands below or send me a question via back channel, and we will um, invite the doctor to answer your questions. So I, uh, before we move on, I would love to ask about the role of hormones and in certain foods. I used to have a vegan diet and so it was not a surprise to me when I found that I was B12 deficient, I wasn't supplementing and as well I was iron, I had low ferritin count as well which I also there's the connection to POTS. I, so I, I guess it's sort of a two-parter. So the first part is I have noticed there is also the hormonal link with POTS and high estrogen levels and we're seeing higher estrogen levels in foods uh, containing soy. And I'm wondering whether soy could be kind of 
provoking any kind of further issues with pots? Is it worth avoiding any soy product? Also with that, curious whether any nightshade uh, vegetables, as you mentioned before, can also trigger MCAS, if it can be triggered by food. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, Masha, yeah, rightly said, um, anything which is uh, causing your body to pile up on estrogen, uh, it's like soy products, or you see any kind of chemical compounds or processed food, they all might cause your estrogen levels in the body to go up. And definitely estrogen is highly linked with MCAS and it's also uh, very inflammatory in nature. Or just remember, uh, we, I see a lot of patients, women patients with endometriosis or painful periods. Now the biggest reason they have painful periods because it's found a scientific link of mast cell and endometriosis and painful periods. And all is linked to having a body which is uh, quite having elevated levels of estrogen. So estrogen is definitely something which makes up everything so big, big, big. Our chance of getting a heart attack increases both high estrogen, you know, like mast cell, estrogen, all these are inflammatory in nature, Masha. So we really need to look at on coming down the nightshade uh, vegetables. If at all you have thoughts because of EDS or because of long COVID, try to do an elimination diet for a week or so and see how you go. Same thing as Caroline, I'm talking like, uh, see the kind of things which I've asked you to introduce. And if you feel that there's some improvement, definitely the body is talking it out. I mean, telling, yeah, definitely my body is uh, hyperinflamed or the muscles have caused many, many cytokine storm all around my blood vessels. As a result of this, I really feel uh, the pot symptoms. So there's so much to the diet what we eat. And as I've mentioned, keep your dinners very less in quantity. Uh, like many people want to go for a late night dinner, but, but they always prefer a late night buffet and they tend to have four course meal. And have you noticed, if I ask you, Caroline or Masha, if you have a four course meal in a buffet, in a party, in a wedding party, in a you know graduation party you've had your uh, you know like starters you've had your drink you have your main course and then you have the dessert you feel like you just fall off if you do feel it then that's the time you really need to understand your body just needs a small pool of food during the night time because the hormone adrenaline is backfiring our body especially with what people have high adrenaline in the body especially with long covid Anything which is causing you to fight, fight, fight is adrenaline. So people will be awake in the night, they'll have insomnia, they'll not get, uh, you know, like they do, they want to fall off to sleep, the body's tired, but the brain is active because blame it on adrenaline, which is your hormone, which is very much there in pots and which is again coming because people are so high on estrogenic diet. Masha, I hope I answered your question. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been very illuminating. Uh, Caroline, did you want to did you want to add something? Oh, I was just going to say this all resonates for me so much, and especially the you know having those larger meals and the impact. I mean, there are times when I get so nauseous that I uh, after eating, and then also I, I think it's I love that you highlighted the importance of how that relates to the, your sleep and then your body's ability to calm down. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be taking those and, and incorporating the smaller dinners. 
Yeah. So I'm taking away the food and the night from all your plates. Thank you so much again. I, I have so many questions, but I would love to open the uh, stage to our audience. Come join us, guys. Please raise your hands or I might throw you an invite. Feel free to join and open your questions about diet, nutrition, and fitness for our uh, special host, Dr. Gerwal. Thank you so much. Looks like we've got a question from Brooke. Brooke, go ahead. Hi. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with us, doctor. Just something that I've been dealing with, I found out I'm pretty much allergic to the world a couple years ago. My main, like, for food allergens, I'm allergic to corn, wheat, soy, shrimp, scallops, peanuts, and walnuts. So I've pretty much taken all of that out of my diet. But I was just curious because I know corn is literally in everything. And I do my best to avoid it when it comes to, like, food, but, like, it's literally in everything. It's in, like, new packaged toothbrushes and shower curtains and cleaning products and everything under the sun. And, like, I just feel like I'm constantly, constantly being in my life. And I don't know if, does that have anything to do with POTS? Just constantly having that same allergen right constantly. Yeah, bro. It's so much healing uh, and it's coming close to what we call as mast cell activation, which I already talked about uh, with Caroline and Katie and Marsha too. So it's something called as the mast cell. You're, these are small cells in our bodies, which, are, which is lines our gut, our heart, our blood vessels, and our lungs. So even for that matter with PCS or long COVID or COVID, the thing which is causing our body to go into an inflammatory marker or inflamed format is our mast cell. And when the mast cells have been triggered, when do the mast cells get triggered? When we don't get sleep, when we are too much addicted to uh, you know, gadgets. That can cause our mast cells to get activated. When we are too much addicted to all kinds of products which is on our shelf, like cream, perfume, anything our mast cell has an affinity to get triggered and starts to dance around and then your body starts to go into many many cytokine inflammatory storms now with that in mind Brooke, i think a lot of people with selfish and peanut allergies along with pot they might be definitely to rule out mcas now way to rule out mcas is something which you have probably built up over the years and which was never diagnosed uh, if, if Brooke, uh, let me know which part of the world you are, which uh, country you are. Accordingly, um, I can tell you which where or you can go and meet your general physician or somebody who really works on MCAS and we can do an allergy testing and find out what all things you are really allergic to. But first of all, all your allergens start from your mast cells not behaving the way they should behave. So mast cells are not your enemy. They are your friends too. What I want to make people understand is you've got to live a lifestyle which can smooth, smoothen down your mast cell or calm your mast cell. When does the mast cell get activated? Too much surrounding with processed foods, chemicals, perfumes, uh, food products which are high in histamines, nitrate, vegetables, peanuts is hyperallergenic in nature. I would say you did a good thing by cutting down on it. Everybody listening to me also should not be having peanuts as a whole. 
some people are doing good with pistachio or brazilian nut but the others are doing bad with the walnut and uh, an almond so you really need to understand how your bodies are but two things for straight get a good night's sleep and heal your gut how will you heal your gut is to eat food not just probiotic again probiotics and prebiotics will cause issues for people with muscle activation and tolerance non fermented foods then fermented foods are definitely going to cause issues with pods and mcas so your body needs to eat nutrition make it very simple have a very soft diet like you know you can have oats and milk in breakfast we have a overnight soaked oats and milk right for many people it heals the gut lining it is something which i say is like heaven for many people with mcas so introduce foods which are very calming in nature group and let me know which part of the world you are we can like sort out a lot of issues also thank you. thank you again so much i am very excited to have you all here today thank you again to our wonderful dr agarwal for blessing us with this incredible information i'm also very excited to welcome a few more specialists we have a trauma uh informed yoga teacher that can help us and give us some extra insight uh and questions Uh, we also have functional medicine coach, and I'm very glad to have you guys on board. I would love to just go in order with Rakeem. I would love for you to pose any questions that you have that we can explore further. Thank you, Sarah. So I guess my my question is a little bit uh, more regarding the connection between uh, Ehlers-Danlos, like connective tissue disorders, and um, dysautonomia and POTS. Um, so I'm currently experiencing, I'm going to mess the name up, I believe it's called tri- trigmenlia neuralgia, um, which is like a yeah. facial nerve, yes, perfect, it's a facial nerve pinch within the jaw and the cheekbone and the eye bone, um, for people who are unaware of that. How, because I know like how we sit as connective tissue people and you know, standing for possible, it, I know blood flow is an issue there. So, Jera, I deal with a loss of EDS and hypermobility, and I, you know, many of the patients with EDS are also present with hypermobility, which is like over-flexible joints or tissues or connective tissues. So, generally, I don't really advise stretching for them. And many of the times, they uh, most of the hypermobile body will say my body got tightened or my muscles feel sore. I need to stretch. That is a protective reflex your body would have for a hypermobile joint because they tend to tighten up to protect the joint from dislocating. So uh, trending is definitely the core, you know, the core word I would say. But there is definitely looking at postures and looking at the postural muscles and which muscles need to strengthen. which muscle doesn't need to strengthen so there's a whole lot of protocol based uh, you know exercise which needs to be done for each and each person is different so i uh, look, i deal with a lot of ideas patients online also all over the world so all my exercises are divided as per how the person is presenting as so definitely uh, if you're doing stretching you really need to know where to stop but i really don't promote it a lot because many of my eds patients really have frequent dislocations 
and there were a multitude of you know surgeries and a lot of uterine prolapse issues with intestinal uh, herniation issues so it i i deal with a lot of critical issues with eds too so my word of advice to most of the people with eds and hypermobile and pauses your tissues already stretched out you don't need further stretching what you need to add in is more bulk more strength to the connective tissue so that it can you know combine together and be the force to put the blood to your heart and pump it to your to your brain thereby your pod symptoms would definitely get better so jera i think i answered your question people with pods and people with eds definitely with hypermobile connective tissue they might be having they might look at strengthening a lot not stretching because i know the connective tissue will then downplay on the blood flow so that's it jera i think i answered your question thank you thank you so much uh next we have joanna i would love for you to pose your question for the doctor thank you thank you thank you for inviting me and thank you dr agarwal i really really enjoyed uh, the presentation you gave us so actually one thing that i get asked quite a bit um is kind of What would you say about for example fasting and overnight fasting and two meal timing with those pods? What's kind of your opinion with that because I know it is often recommended to do smaller meals. Um but then oftentimes too um a lot of people that I've spoken to with pods also have SIBO and other things like that and then at times it's also recommended like kind of a fasting protocol something like this. What would you, what would you say about that? Uh you know especially if I'm seeing pods coming from post covid or eds uh i don't recommend anything which is more very major for them to have an electrolyte imbalance and as you know cause their heart rate to really uh, go up and cause more issues because if they don't have a proper blood supply or blood flow to other parts of the organ you're seeing a lot of people with pods having dementia which is early dementia or early parkinson which are which is what i don't want they should have constant flow of energy and whether it's long covid pods or whether somebody with eds and if we are devoiding them for a you know like fasting or something we could say it's reversing their body is causing uh, you know changes to their genetic constitution and everything but it's it's not something which we can do on a body which is already traumatized uh we can do it maybe in a very uh, you know watchful manner or in a very uh, you know like uh, you know controlled group and study them and do it when doctors all around and people their heart rate is monitored blood pressure is monitored because we cannot uh, have somebody with pause uh just go uh, you know hypoglycemic too because that will again cause a lot of issues with uh, overall uh heart rhythm everything will go faulty you are now thank you yeah just one word of advice for people with pods i usually don't talk about deep breathing a lot for pods because again your heart rate and your breath is all related together so there's a specific kind of pods protocol which we follow and uh, that's what has to be followed for breath because we don't want too much of uh, heart rate and the breath work to get collided with each other so as i said uh, there's a common sense we say okay do a deep breath or a diaphragmatic breath it can be good for a lot of patients to ease anxiety but always remember pause and anxiety uh, 
induced anxiety is different from a normal anxiety so uh, because of pause induced anxiety is because of how your heart rate is racing not because of that you are not deep breathing you are deep breathing also but sometimes too much deep breathing can also cause side effect of pause so be very specific and that's what kp we were talking with dr anand the other day on the that a lot of people are advising a lot against uh, you know like a lot of breath work and all but everything has to be done with person specific so that's a medical disclaimer i want to make uh, because everybody's bodies are different and the pause protocol and the pause induced hyperventilation sometimes might cause your heart to race further which is again uh, you know it it just falls back onto your body so always do it under somebody who understand problem and makes you do the right job thank you that dr anjali thank you what's a healthy or safe limit for us or work on at home if we don't have that trainer or somebody overlooking our progress always re- remember that your heart rate and how you feel talks more about any gadgets also if you're sweaty in nature and you feel that you're really about to going to pass out stop it i always tell patients this process do mini workouts rather than doing a major 20 minutes you don't want your connective tissues to really overstretch and expand because when you exercise your body tends to get heated up and as a result of that you will expand your connective tissue by matter of fact even if you're doing it in the air conditioned room you'll go sweaty in nature if you're really causing your heart to really raise up with minimum exercise also so rather than just targeting 20 minutes solid exercise i would say just target a 10 to 15 minutes of exercise two times in a day you can divide it or maybe just once a day take it easy take it uh, don't ever think that you're not you're under doing anything you are rather overdoing something where by your body connective tissue really doesn't behave well then you know it causes more harm then Hi, it's Katie speaking. I was just going to say thank you so much, Doctor, for that advice. Um, as you know, we um, speaking as both a long COVID patient and a POTS patient, um, a lot of us keep getting this um, terrible <laughs> advice to push through. Um, and I personally was at the point where I was walking like, you know, every single day for an hour for two months and just one walk too far. and I ended up in like severe pain and in bed for months. So I really agree that listening to your body is absolute key. Um the other thing that comes up a lot and I absolutely love and I'm glad we've got Zara here too. Um you know, I used to do yoga every day. Um and we're always recommended to do yoga, um especially as long covid patients and I warn people that you know, you really need to understand if you have POTS or dysautonomia because there are certain poses that were so easy to me before but if i did something like downward dog i will literally fall over and pass out um so you know i know you've given some great tips but i you know i think it's also great information if you're willing to have the time to share things to avoid um especially in things like yoga thanks katie amston thanks katie for bringing that up that's a superb i wanted to really bring uh, you know a, a disclaimer here is i respect everybody's uh, exercise format which they are doing or which they have done no 
uh, you know, no, no to yoga or something. But I really want to add it here because many of my uh, patients with pause, I usually advise them not to do Surya Namaskars if you're doing in standing because you will do standing, then you suddenly go down the floor. There's frequent change in your level of the body with the heart and the ground. That causes your blood to really not do well with the rhythm of the heart also. So don't do any asanas which causes frequent change in position of your heart with respect to gravity. One point. Second point, downward dog pose will pull in all the blood from your legs into your brain and all of a sudden when you stand up, that blood really rushes down to your legs and it's a havoc for the heart, havoc for all the organs of the body. The, uh, the point which people have to understand with pause is, if your blood flow is not being maintained in various parts of your organs, your other organs are also undergoing a lot of damage, which could be your brain undergoing something called as a uh, dementia kind of symptoms and all. So you also have to understand where to stop. I mean, like, understanding KG, I uh, be a part of the advocacy uh, director from UK, uh, like group, we have formed a long COVID group there, and we are telling everybody, like, follow the physiotherapy protocols, pause, pause, do not follow anything else which has been prescribed by anybody and everybody, because we are the medical personnel, we know what can go wrong. So we got to tell people, avoid various changes of posture suddenly, which involves Surya Namaskars, avoid that. Second thing, exercises which involves, you know, chaplain-like movements, where you're jumping, like aerobics, too frequent jumps will again cause your heart rate to really not do well. And again, downward dog pose, bending forward and start suddenly getting up. The frequent change of posture is something which your, you know, the cells, the chemoreceptors in your heart, in your blood vessels, or the baroreceptors, they sense your pressures in the arteries. They will not be able to understand what's happening. So, yeah, the, those are quite a chemical, uh, you know, like a medical terminology I use. Sorry about that. But I really want you all to understand that your body senses the pressure system. So, keep your body, as I said, keep your dinner soft your dinner less, less, keep your exercises less, but do it in a way where you can enjoy it by sitting, by listening to your music, by calming your heart, calming your mind, by you're working on your body and your soul, your emotions, and you're actually working on your muscles. No, no, you're not letting your muscles go away like that. But I would really strictly advise against walking for an hour in the sunlight. Uh, well, that Katie will again get thoughts to really go back. Hi, this is um, Zara, and I just want to um, second what Dr. Agarwal said um, so much because I think yoga is overprescribed as something that can just heal everything, and I think uh, it's really important, especially as a yoga practitioner, to be trauma-informed in the sense of I don't know what everyone is bringing into my room. I don't, I like, we can't know what everyone is bringing into the room. So I generally try to teach my classes or when I was able to teach, I was teaching them more sort of in the way Dr. Agar well said, which, which in like a slower way, staying closer to the ground, focusing a bit more on strength and like adding in a bit of stretch to it versus it being something where you're just completely letting go and for your autonomic nervous system to be 
completely in parasympathetic nervous system versus sympathetic and then switching between them. So I think yoga is really beneficial in the framework of the mind-body connection, being able to listen to the body and kind of becoming aware of that connection of when I'm moving this, what am I feeling, how am I feeling in my body, being aware of the breath. And yes, I agree with the not deep breathing. Um, with as a person who had anxiety and POTS for a long time, and I don't know whether they're different or the same really at this point, um, but like deep breathing is something that can be super triggering for that. So I think it's just being mindful of the breath and like noticing the breath and finding practices that work for you specifically and working with practitioners who can help you and are um, knowledgeable in that area. And I think that's a big piece of it. Thank you, Anvar, and I'm done. Thank you, Zara. It's, it's quite enlightening to hear from you too. And if I would ask from everyone, what kind of exercises everybody's doing right now? I'm doing the four-week program retraining and strengthening the vagal tone. Uh, so that's something that I'm working on. I'm doing the Levine Protocol developed for Potentatia, if you know about that. Right, Caroline. We follow the same for most of our patients, too. Hi, it's Katie speaking. I'm very up and down with my symptoms and what I can do from day to day, week to week. When I'm in a good state, I just do walking and especially after my previous episode, I'm super cautious about not pushing myself. And exactly as you said before, and just also to reiterate, I love yoga. And as I said, I was doing it every day prior to this. So I do, I do my exercises mainly lying down on the mat. And, um, and that is not a specific protocol, just tuning into my body because I've also done it for so long too. I know, I, I feel like I kind of know my limits and just being really gentle on myself. So. Thank you once again for this beautiful advice. I really appreciate your input and everybody else's and great questions. Katie, I'm for you speaking. So I have been bedridden since beginning of March through this. So just recently I've been just like, well, throughout the whole thing I've been working on doing like light leg workouts and light core workouts, just trying to strengthen as much as I can to help with the blood flow. And then just recently, I've been starting to every day just stand up for a little bit longer every day and a little bit more. And then I am also doing a lot of like leg clenching exercises that my doctor told me about that kind of help with my, I guess, blood flow. This is Zara. I kind of based what I, a little bit similar to Katie, I base mine more intuitively on what I feel I need. So I focus a bit on combining some elements of like Pilates and yoga into like strength and like a little bit of strength training moves because I have like just some like resistance bands or whatever. And then alternate with walking. And one thing I've actually been recently doing is focusing on, I've talked about it a bit within our private group is it's called an ab vacuuming exercise, um, which is like focusing on just engaging the abdominals in terms of keeping those in 
like a consistent practice. Hi, this is Joanna. One thing that's also I would like to second what Caroline said, for me what's helped greatly has been the Levine protocol as well. That gave me a lot of strength with starting out at the on the rowing machine and really kind of building up, but I had to build up very slowly to even get to the Levine protocol. So kind of keeping it slow is, is a key. Fabulous. Well, I think we're coming to the end of the day. Masha, do you want to conclude with all the other speakers? Yes, I would like to just give a great big thank you for our specialists that joined today. Dr. Agarwal, so grateful for giving us this time and sharing this incredible insight. Thank everybody who's joined us today. The group will have been recorded, so you can listen in and share this uh, after the group. I would also like to just allow Caroline and Casey to share a few words, and then uh, Dr. Agarwal, if you'd like to close us off. I, again, extremely grateful for your time and all the information that you've shared with us today. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Carolyn. I will reiterate Masha's thanks. This has been just a treasure trove of information that I think we can all use to help ourselves heal. And I, in particular, will take some of those uh, diet and anti-inflammatory tips, as well as the eating small dinners uh, away from this and, and be incorporating that. And just in general, thank you so much for this conversation. We really appreciate your time. Hi, it's Katie speaking. Um, thank you so much, Marta, for hosting this under your POTS Wellness Club. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, Doctor, for coming. And thank you so much again for all the questions, everyone. I just would like to invite anyone, um, if you are interested in long COVID, um, Dr. Alice and I, who was um, just mentioned before, have a club called In It For The Long Haul. A lot of us have POTS. A lot of us are just, we find people almost every time we have a conversation just becoming aware that they might have POTS or dysautonomia. So if anyone would like to join, it's a really great group. Whether you need support, sharing, or you want to, um, you're a researcher or a practitioner and would like to reach out to long COVID patients, please feel free to join. If you go to the bottom of my profile, we've got a room scheduled for tomorrow. So you should see it in your time zone if you go there. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm sending you much love from South Africa. It's Katie, I'm finished speaking. Thank you so much again, Katie. And again, for anybody that is interested, that group is called In It For The Long Haul. We have an incredible community here on Clubhouse. We also have a fantastic group called the EDS Collective. Uh, for anybody who is part of this whole trifecta, and we've we've shared and learned so much fantastic information, um, and such a well, such a fantastic community on Clubhouse. So again, so grateful to you, Dr. Agarwal. Thank you so much for the speakers and for everybody listening in. And Dr. Agarwal, I will let you close this group off. Thank you again so very. Thank you, Masha. Thank you, Caroline, Katie, and all the speakers and listeners who have been in this group. And thank you, Pots Wellness. You've been doing an incredible job helping people all around the world and bringing them on one single platform on Clubhouse. This is Dr. Anjali signing off. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye.